What is going on, you guys? I go by the name of Unknown. And I go by Eddie. And you are listening to the Pipe Bomb Podcast. And this is our AEW Dynamite review from the episode January 8th, 2020. And I'm just, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to say this was the worst episode they have had. Uh, worst episode. Surprisingly, I actually saw some of the highlights for AEW. Uh, and it was kind of, eh. Bro, like, like, the thing is, like, this episode was really bad, bro. Because the thing is, like, they had some nights where, like, their episodes were, like, they were good, but they had bad shit in it. So, that basically, like, some of the episodes before would be, like, a lot of good shit and maybe one or two things that were just, like, what the fuck? But this one in particular, like, it started off strong and then it just fell off a cliff. So, we're going to get right into the review. The first match is... Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus Private Party. Oh, private Party, yeah. It, <laughs> it was it, it, it was an okay match. Like I, I've I've seen better from the Private them. Party. Reminds me of a bootleg Street Profits. I not is is vice versa. Really? Yeah, because Private Party been in the Indies I think since 2016, and and um these niggas didn't start. They didn't even get into the Performance Center until 20, the end of 2017. Damn. Yeah. And on top of that, the like like the um the street profits running around with the red cups and everything. The private party's been doing that. They didn't just start. They just happened to get a little more known to the mainstream, but they've been doing that for the past like three years. Or so. And street profits just started getting over like at the end of last year. Facts. So it's like whatever. Um, I thought this match was really good. Um, I was kind of surprised that Adam Page and Kenny Omega won. Me too. Because, like, the match was good. I just like certain sequences. The only thing that I didn't like about this match was that it was just spot, 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 no sell, spot, 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 big spot, big spot, no sell. Um, um, you know, just a bunch of just typical shit. And then I'm not knocking AEW for that. It's just that. When it's every match is big spot, big spot, no sell, big spot, no sell, big spot, kick out at one out of a big move, no sell. It, it, you lose me because it's like you're not telling a story. You're trying to get my attention by doing 5,000 flips in a match, but then you're right. not telling a story besides, yes, you're really athletic. I get it, but can you make me feel something? Can you make me... Like, can you draw me into what you're doing? No, because you're doing seven spots in 10 minutes. You're doing, like, bro, they're literally doing basic, like, like, I'm not trying to knock them because NXT does the same thing, where it's, like, big spot, big spot, kick out a big move and, and shit like that. But I think yeah. with NXT, there there's certain times where, like, they do a big move and it's, like, holy shit. AEW, I feel like they get in like a, a, a collar elbow tie up. Then they do, you know, the, the typical drop down leapfrog shit. Mm-hmm. And then right after they do that, they're already doing Tope Suicidas out the ring. Then running back in the ring to do a Tope Suicida again four more times. And they're doing triple flips off all, over the top rope. And it's like, that's the first three minutes of the match that already you're already doing flips. You know what I'm trying to say? That's like my main kind of issue about this match. It was still a good match. 
I know people are gonna hear this is like, oh, he's just shitting on AEW uh, and just the just... NXT show. No, I just both both Shit brands like have their own me. flaws. It's just that AEW, I feel like they do it more. That 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 flipping shit within three minutes just reminds me of the Lucha House party. Not even, not even. It's just the thing is a lot of ring of like a lot of like this type of style of wrestling has been going on for a long time, especially on the indies, right? That's how they get their name out there. They tell great stories and they do all these crazy fucking spots to get noticed. But it's like when all you have in your arsenal. It's big spot, big spot, big spot, and no sell. You're not gonna make it to the WWE. Not to say that you're not good or anything. I'm my, I'm not shitting on these guys. It's just that as a as a wrestling fan, I appreciate when they do stuff like this, right? But when all you do is big moves, big spot moves, and every match you do, and people want to call it a five star classic, and it's like really. Because he just did seven thousand flips, he did the he did the same move that he did for the past fifty matches. But this one is a classic. Okay, whatever. You can't argue with marks over AEW. You can't argue with the AEW marks. You just gotta shut up and let them talk and, and just and just let them sound stupid. Right. You know, um, I gave this match a seven out of ten. It it it, it was okay. Just from what I said, it, I just wish they would get away from. Big move, big move, and no sell, and get into the like when they do a big move, do it deep in the match. So when it happens, it pops the crowd instead of you doing like Tope to suicidas in the first two minutes of a match to get the crowd going. Because then that just shows me you're not a great professional wrestler because you can't make people feel for you to have to do Tope suicidas in the first minute or two of your match. That that's just me, but I already know if I'm saying that. Oh, you, you just hate AEW. Oh, you you just no, I'm not. I like AEW. I, I really enjoy AEW. Sometimes I enjoy AEW a lot more than NXT. But it's just that sometimes AEW when they present me the same match as far as big move, big move, and no sell, it kind of gets boring. Sometimes NXT does that where they do a big move and they no sell it to transition into another big move, right? But I feel like when they do it, it's it's in certain spots. It's not like the first two minutes they do in Tope Suicidas. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? And I think that's the, you know, I, I didn't mean to get on a rant, but that was what I felt about the match. Um, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Then we get into <laughs> the second match of the night, and it was for the AEW Women's Championship. Oh, uh, Reno versus Chris Statlander. Yeah, Stadlander. bro. Bro, this match pissed me. This is this was the downfall of the night. This is what made me like, do I just switch it to the USA Network to watch NXT? Because it pissed me off. Because I literally said on on the last AEW review that if they're gonna do this with Chris Statlander, because you know she has certain obligations, certain contract obligate like obligations to certain company that she had to you know abide by, then you bring her back. So you made us wait almost. Two weeks to get this Chris Tyler and Rio match for the title. And you don't even make Rio drop the title. You keep it on her, but in a bullshit finish. Exactly. Not 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 to mention they bring in the Nightmare Collective, right? And it was um all, it was awesome Kong and 
what was that how her name is? Melanie. It was um it was Mel something. Mel I forgot her name. Like it was Mel something, right? She they're walking down to the ring and Brandy Rhodes is on commentary and she's like, Oh, they're free minded people. I don't tell them what to do. They just do whatever they feel like. Right? Then they walk down to the ring and just walking around the ring. Then they do something to Chris Statlander or whatever they or they do something to Riho. And then Brandy's like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? Chris Statlander jumps out the ring, right? Does something, whatever. And then somebody comes out from uh, from underneath the ring, right? Everybody is like, who is that guy? Who is that guy? All you get on commentary, bro, is that's that's Luther. And JR is like, who? An Excalibur. <laughs> that's Luther. Come on, JR. You know who Luther is? And JR sitting there like, who? Who? Like a fucking owl. Not knowing who he is because you're not explaining. They're not explaining who Luther is. We get it, the bald head, because in previous A in Dynamite episodes, um, Brandy was backstage cutting a promo and there was a guy with a bald head facing the opposite direction from the camera and she kissed the bald head. So I'm I, so that may be him. That's it was funny. Luther, right? But this is what pissed me off about that whole Luther situation. Luther is a legend in the Japanese deathmatch, right? They mm-hmm. made us aware of his past and of his career on Twitter. Why didn't you elaborate more of who he is on TV? Like, come, like, 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 this is the perfect example, right? If you never, granted, a lot of people don't, probably not a lot of people know who Luther is, but at the time, I think about it. So when um, Booker T debuted and he attacked Stone Cold and he put Stone Cold through the announce table, right? JR is like, wait, it can't be. It's Booker T from WCW. And already Booker T is over because you just let the crowd know who he was. Granted, at the time, WCW was bigger than AEW and people knew who Booker T was because he was the world heavyweight champion, right? But for some people that didn't watch WCW, Right, and all they did was watch WWF. Jr. just literally put over a guy that you just don't know in a matter of two seconds. Who who can it be? That's Booker T from WCW, the World Heavyweight Champion. And already you already know who the hell attacks don't go. Over here, Jr. is like who, who, and then X Caliber is like Luther. You know who Luther is? And Jr. is like I don't know Luther. Who's that? Who? Confusing people, right? And then the thing that pissed me off about that whole thing, right? They attack Chris Statlander and they attack Rio, whatever. The match ends, Rio wins with some bullshit, whatever. Cool, right? Rio weighs almost 85 to 90 pounds, right? Luther is a legend in the Japanese deathmatch, and they said that he weighs almost like 300 pounds. So you mean to tell me 90 pound Rio? could just fling herself on the top rope and knock off Luther and send his ass to the ground? It makes no freaking sense. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, if they did that to make Rio look strong, why do you got to make her look strong? She weighs 90 pounds, half of the crowd could fight her. My right. sister could beat up Rio. Like... Like, it made no sense. Like, if I was dumb, I would have said, like, okay, if we're going to do this Riho jumping on Luther thing, have Luther catch her and body slam her. 
You don't got to do nothing crazy. You don't got to, like, do some DDT on the concrete. Or, no, you don't got to do none of that. All you could have done was just caught her, like, rammed her into, like, the um, the, the, the um, steel post, right? And then body slammed her and called it a night. But no, you make him take a bump for Rio. And you keep the title on Rio. And the thing is, they were having a somewhat decent match. It was literally a few minutes away from turning into a good match. And then this whole bullshit with the Nightmare Collective happens. And just ruined the it just ruined the night for me. I was watching it. I'm like, I'm about to go watch NXT. I only watched three of the matches. And I was like, all right, this is trash. Bro, the thing is, this is the worst episode. You happen to have catch them on their, literally their worst episode. So... Me and other people saying, yo, AEW is really good. You got to check them out. And then you go watch them. It's on their worst, the worst episode they've ever put out. And it's just weird, bro. It's just so dumb, bro. And it's just... Yeah, that shit had me dying when you were like, JR, who? who? Bro, bro, because that's what he was doing. Him and Tony was like, who? Caliber, Who? Who? Bro, because that's what Daryl was doing. And then Calibor was like, that's Luther. Okay, Luther. Wh- what is he doing here? He's part of the Nightmare Collective. What is he doing here? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? How you don't know? Like, how? Like, bro, the whole, that whole sequence, it just, it just pissed me off, bro. It just made no sense. Whatever. The women's division is just shit. And on top of that, to make it even worse, whatever fan base that Rio had, everybody's turning on her because you want to know what her dumbass did. Literally four hours or three hours after Dynamite, she's in, I think, in her hotel room in the airport. She takes a picture, posts it on Twitter, and the caption says, going back. So you let her win, and she's going back to Japan. Wow. We're not going to see the buff for like another two weeks or two. Like, I saw somebody on Twitter say this. Like, I wish I remembered the, 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 the handle so I could give him credit. But he said something that was kind of smart. He said, if you're not going to have Rio on TV, right, why don't you have her cut promos in Japanese? Have her somewhere in Japan, somewhere with the belt next to her. Have her talk a ton of shit in Japanese, right, for like two, three minutes, and that's it. And then, and then you you should do that while other girls are having a match, to show like I'm the title and you're not fighting for nothing because I'm the champ. Or do like a live uh, a live uh, video chat where they no. talk shit to each other. Not even that would just be. Cool. I wouldn't even want that. She just she has to either drop it on one of these episodes coming up for Dynamite, or she has to drop it at at, at the Revolution pay per view in February. Hmm. She cannot hold this title anymore. It either has to go to Sheeta or it has to go to Chris Statlander. It has to. I can care less. About I the said it. I said it since the first episode of Dynamite or, se- or second week of Dynamite. I said it prior when there was an announcement and when it was Nyla Rose and Rio. I said Nyla Rose should win it. People were like, why? You're going to let a transvestite win a championship in the women's division? Dumbass. Okay, she's a transvestite, right? She's the biggest person on the roster besides Awesome Kong, right? So if you have baby faces fighting and fighting and fighting for the title, to get to the title, and when they finally beat Nyla Rose, it would be a better 
victory, excuse me, and a better, like, outcome of a match than, like, a Britt Baker or, or a Sheeta or, or a Chris Statlander beating Riho, who she weighs 90 pounds, and she's not really that impressive in the ring. At least with Nyla Rose, like, like a Sheeta or a Britt Baker could hit her with a clothesline, and she could no-sell it because she weighs, like, almost 250, 300. So, of course, Britt Baker that weighs 185 ain't knocking Nyla Rose on her ass. So it would be more, you know, just like the um David and Goliath situation. And then whoever wins and takes the ball from Nyla Rose, it will be a better victory because they had to overcome this big monster. The only benefit, whoever beats Rio for the title, right, the only thing that they're going to get is like, thank you for taking the title off of Rio. That's literally what, 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 what's going to happen. They're just going to get the pop because they took the title off of Rio. Man, the women's division over there is fucked. We get on to the third match of the night, Man. and it was um Christopher Daniels Which versus is, uh, Sammy, uh, Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Yeah. This match was okay. I mean, it yeah. wasn't really yeah. all that. You know, um, I'd give it a 3 out of 10. Yeah, I'd give it the same. It was a 3 out of 10. Um, Sammy Guevara won. And during the match, um, Christopher Daniel went to go for his, like, signature, like, you know, moonsault. The Pentagon Jr. distracts Daniels and said, go ahead, Daniels, do it. Go ahead. Go ahead, try it. I dare you. Try it. Because on one of their matches, he tried to do the similar moonsault, and then he failed, and he botched. So that's why they're playing on with that, right? And then, you know, Sammy Guerrero, you know, took advantage of the distraction the situation and won. This match is okay. Then after the match, the Dark Order comes out. Evil Uno is cutting a promo. A really convincing promo. He's like, 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 like Christopher Daniels, like 15 years ago when I met you, you were the reason why I started wrestling. I respect you. But these people, then AEW, everybody in the back, Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, they don't give a shit about you. So come and join the Dark Order where you're respected. And you're cherished. And you're looked at as a legend. And not some washed up vet. Damn. And I was like, shit. I want to join the Dark Order. Give me a fucking mask. Shit. Then he hands the mask. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn. Even Uno was like, you know, whatever. It was like, okay. Then he gives the mask to Daniels. Daniels is looking at it. Gets mad. Throws it in Evil Uno's face. Evil Uno was like, Daniels. Chris, Chris, you made a big mistake, and they start jumping him. Oh, then, yeah. then SCU comes out along with the Young Bucks to help. The Elite um, and a super kick save. party and everything. Yeah, and, and my whole thing that I didn't like about this was, like, didn't just two weeks ago the Young Bucks got fucked up by the Dark Order? So why is it, like, the Young Bucks didn't need to go over in this thing. Neither the SEU. SEU could have just gotten jumped along with Daniels, and that was about it. And even if the Young Bucks were to come out and help fight, there were more of the Dark Order than there were the Bucks and um and um, the SEU. So why didn't you just have Dark Order just demolish the Bucks and SEU instead of having a super kick party and having fun? Now you just literally, like that moment, could have solidified, like, oh, shit, the Dark Order means business. But no, you didn't do that. What did you do? You had the Young Bucks have a party of super kicks and an after party of super kicks. 
Like for what? We we seen the young bucks been doing super kicks for the past like twelve years. Do right. we need to see more? Do we need to see more? Especially in this predicament. That did not need to happen. What needed to happen was the dark order saying it doesn't matter who you bring out. We are the dark order, and that's it what it is, and we will reign over AEW and have them fuck up the Young Bucks and SCU along with Christopher Daniels. But no, you just had to get SCU and the Young Bucks to go over on the Dark Order. Makes no... I mean, it's whatever, honestly. I'm tired of the Super Kick Party and WWE and every freaking WWE... And any wrestling company, I'm just tired of the, the thigh slaps. I'm not... Like, the thing is, like... I don't mind super kicks, but when it's a constant, when every wrestler does a super kick, it's like shit. Yeah, like every super kick, every super kick is a transitional move. Like almost every wrestler uses it. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. I think this whole little segment, like a three, like a two out of ten, two, three out of ten. The super kick originally from Shawn Michaels was supposed to be a finisher. Not a transitional move. And on top of that, Shawn Michaels took it from, from, from a Japanese wrestler, but then Shawn Michaels added the whole, like, stomping in the corner and the kick. Right. Well, and Shawn Michaels either. never added the thigh slap until the, the Ruthless Aggression era. Because back then, he just was, like, he would just launch the kick or he would just place it on somebody's face. And, you know, Brett would sell it, Diesel, you know, would, would sell the kick and it will just look devastating. Because you already knew when he hit it, it was night-night, you know. But we get, I gave this whole little segment with Christopher Daniels in the Dark Order and everything. I gave it a 2 out of 10. I was about to rank it a little high. I, I was about to give it like a, a 6 out of 10. But after the Young Bucks and SEU going over, just to get one on the fucking um, Dark Order, just it just pissed me off. It's like that, that did not need to happen. Did it really need to happen? Like, did the Young Bucks really need to go over, needed to go over at that point? You know what I'm trying to say? And it's just, just dumb. Now we get into the fourth match of the night, and it was Cody and Dustin versus the Lucha Bros. I've been waiting for a week for this match. As soon as they announced it, I was waiting for this match. And this match disappointed me. A big disappointment. Was it Luchasaurus and... No, uh... no, 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 no. The Luchasaurus shit, that's, that's Jurassic Express. The Lucha Bros is the motherfuckers that be like, sad or... Yeah, though, with Pentagon Jr. Oh, yeah, though, though, bro, that's my favorite tag team, like right now. Besides, like, Undisputed Era, the Usos, you know, the Lucha Bros is my favorite tag team. And I got you. And they lost. This match was okay, it was typical, you know, shit. But the thing that I didn't like was that Cody and Dustin went over. I understand Cody has a big match coming up with NJF at Revolution. Did Cody need to go over? Over no. the, the Lucha Bros? Like, because I had a couple of talks with people, and they were saying, like, like yes, Cody needed to get over. Like, he needed that win because of he has a match with MJF coming up. And I was like, yeah, but he just beat Darby Allin in, in almost a 30-minute match last week on Dynamite. And you're gonna have them be the number the number two ranked tag team in AEW, and Cody and Dustin are not even a legitimate tag team. They just pair up every once in a while because they're brothers. Right. 
this match was okay. I gave it a six out of ten. I was just mad because in my mind, I'm like, did Cody really need to go over? Like he could have lost this. He could have had lost this, and then that could have played more in to the MJF shit. Because I remember last week when I forgot the name that the guy who's with um MJF Warlow, and one of the stipulations. Cody has to face Warlow in the in the first ever steel cage match in AEW. You could have had Cody lose his match and possibly lose next week or don't have him in a match next week. Then in three weeks from now, in the end of January or beginning of February, have him fight Warlow in that steel cage and then have him win. So that way people are like starting to doubt Cody, like, oh, he's been on a losing streak. I don't know if he's gonna win. Then he beats Warlow. So when he finally beats Warlow, it means more so you know when he gets to that revolution pay-per-view to fight MJF and then he does win or he doesn't win, it's going to be looked at like, wow, like he had to fight, you know, whatever. I, you know, I was just mad that they just won. Like, it was still a decent match. It was disappointing. I thought it would be a lot better, but hey. After the match, Tony comes from the announce table and goes in the ring and starts asking Cody questions like, um, do you accept the challenges that, you know, the stipulation or whatever that MJF asked. And Arn Anderson starts saying, oh, who 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 died and made MJF God? Like, we don't care what MJF thinks or whatever. Me and Cody are going to discuss it and let you guys know later. What? I'm sorry. Like, I love Arn Anderson. Hall of Famer, legend. The enforcer himself. I, I, I love what it. What the hell was that? Cody is arguably the best promo in wrestling right now. Aside from Chris Jericho. MJF. MJF. Cody. Miz. When he wants to be, yeah, but Cody, I'd rather hear a Cody promo than a Miz promo. Right. I mean, I understand why. Cody is really good at promos. Cody doesn't need a speaker. He doesn't need someone to speak for him. He's not Brock Lesnar. He knows how to cut a promo. If you're going to do this whole dynamic with Arn Anderson talking or whatever, like, I love Arn, but he can't talk like Cody. And he's the manager of him. And he's the manager, yeah. You like, figured the manager would be a good talker. but Yeah, because, like, when, when CM Punk turned heel and he had Paul Heyman, all Paul Heyman did was say little things, but Punk did most of the talking because Punk could Yo, cut a promo. I'm a Paul Heyman guy for sure, man. Yeah. Paul Heyman is a good talker, man. Same. And then after the whole Cody thing, MJF comes out. And he basically gives Cody to the count of 10 to come back into the ring and confront him. Then he says, you see that Memphis? Because they were in Memphis, right? That that Cody is a little bitch. Then the crowd goes, oh. And then DDP comes out. And, and then comes out and says the fans are asking him, can he do one last match? And then DDP starts rambling on about, I I didn't know if I was going to be back on TNT, you know, because when I was in WCW beating Monday night, you know, Raw in the, in the wars and all this shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then MJF, like in the middle of the ring, is tweeting like, can this old fart ever shut up? Like, in the middle of the ring, just grab oh, his phone out and start tweeting. That's, yo, that's awesome. That's, that's funny. Awesome. That's funny. And that's then, awesome. and then the thing that pissed me off about this whole thing, that MJF is like, oh, old man, I'm going to give you until, bring, he brings out um Butcher and the Blade and Bunny. 
then he said, and then MJF says, option one is you get out of my ring or whatever, kiss the ring. Or number two, he's going to take one of his Diamond Dallas daughters, right? Throw her on the bed, right? Pull her hair back and bang. And before he even got a chance to say bang, DDP punched him. And then the Butcher and the Blade come in with Warlow. And, you know, they they start jumping DDP. And then the thing that pissed me off about this whole thing is, like, DDP is almost 60, right? Why did you let DDP... After you spent almost a month building up the Butcher and the Blade and you have DDP hit a diamond cutter on Butcher and the Blade, just like that? That was funny, though, what he was going to say. If he would have finished that, oh, my God. No, he barely finished. The only thing he didn't say was bang because he got Dude, punched. that would have, bro. I'm telling oh you, NJF, he's, gonna, he, he's taking over. In my, in my opinion, he's going to be the, the best character in 2020, the best wrestling 2020 that's crazy bro yeah oh but gosh. yeah then that happens and then ddp tries to hit uh carter on mjf but he ran into warlow and then mjf hits ddp and like i don't know he punches him in the in the in the face with the ring or the eyebrow with the ring i think this was the to me this was the only part that i was like oh this is kind of funny i liked it whatever i gave it a six out of ten i wasn't wasn't the best mjf promo but it was entertaining you know Mm-hmm. Then it gets into the match where I just really didn't give a fuck about. It was on um, Best Friends and Orange Cassidy versus Jurassic Express. It was a fun match. Before I shit on it, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna shit on it too much. I, I just, I just don't really see the hype in Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt and um, Jungle Boy. I just don't see the hype. Right. And it, you know, so it, it was a fun match. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. The Jurassic Express one, I gave this a five out of ten. You know, it was kind of okay. Now we move on. Oh, and then next week they're bringing back Bash at the Beach in Miami, Florida. It's gonna be good. We're getting Pac versus Darby Allen. We're, we're getting Hendrick. Bash at the Beach. Yeah, next week. How is that even? But WWE doesn't own that, or no? No. Holy shit. I don't think so. I don't know. They get they put it on TV. So if they put it on TV, I'm guessing they got it. So next week Holy they announced that's gonna be Pac versus Darby Allen, Chris Statlander and Sheeta versus Awesome Kong and Mel, and MJF Butcher and the Blade versus DDP, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Holy crap, that's yep. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for next week. Like the, the matches they have set up is gonna be good, and we get into the last segment of the match. Chris Jericho comes out along with Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara. They start talking. He invites Moxley out. Then Moxley says, "At first, he's gonna he joins the inner circle. Then I'm eating dinner, and I'm like, did they really just go with this? And then as everything is going on, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, damn, they still got nine minutes left. He's going he's gonna to flip. He's going to say, I'm joking, I'm kidding, and then punch one of them in the face with a microphone or a bottle. And lo and behold, they start playing music. Chris Jericho hands the keys to the 4GT to Moxley. Then they start playing music, start drinking a little bit of the bubbly, start having <laughs> fun, start having a great time. Then Moxley tells the guy to cut off the music. 
And he goes, Chris, I was just joking. I don't want to join this. I didn't want to join the, in, in the circle. It's stupid. It's a stupid club. A stupid name. You don't have anything I want except that pointing to the AEW championship. Then he bashes a little bit of the bubbly over Jericho's head and hits him with a paradigm shift. Sammy Guevara jumps in the ring and tries to attack Moxley, and then he gets hit with a paradigm shift. And then before he got a chance, there was a botch because, you know, it was one of the breakaway bottles. Moxley tried to break, like, grab a bottle to hit Hager with it, and it broke. When it slid off the table and he, like, held it or when he went to go grab it, it broke. That shit. And then he ran out the ring, and then they're happy, whatever. Um, I give this a 4 out of 10. This whole segment, I gave it a 4 out of 10. I saw some pictures of the of the segment between uh, Jericho and Dean Ambrose, and Chris Jericho was in, like, somebody's arms. Looked like he was knocked out. Yeah, it was Hager. Yeah. I he was looking it, like I a baby. Like a four. I gave it a 4 it was, out of 10, bro, because I was like... Just because like, like, I'm agreeing with you on this one. It, 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 it was like... It was, it was kind of like... We knew he was gonna join, but if they if he was gonna turn on them, can you at could have at least played it off like two weeks and then have him turn to let everybody be fooled that he joined and let him be like, oh, yeah, he's really serious. Then he turns on them, but no, you just let him flip the script that like not even eight minutes. I, I just didn't like it at all. Overall, this is my lowest rated. AEW, I gave it a four out of ten. Yep. The three I gave matches. It a, I, I, there, there was only like one match that I liked, and it was the Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and the private party match. And from that, it just went downhill. And the part where I was kind of like, oh, that, I, I got a good laugh out of it was the MJF segment with DDP and everybody. <coughs> but other than that, like this episode was just kind of eh. Like this, they still got to fix a lot of things, the audio. They still got to work on certain storylines. They got to be booked better. The women's division needs a... The women's a, division needs a revamp. Needs, yeah, they need to help ASAP. A lot of work. A lot of work. But yeah, guys, that'll be all for our AEW Dynamite review. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to the channel so that we, and hit the bell so that way you know when we upload breaking news or reviews for Monday Night Raw, NXT, SmackDown, AEW. And for, you know, pay-per-views and whatever. And in the comment section down below, let us know. Did you like AW Dynamite? Did you watch AW Dynamite? You know, did you hate it? Love it? Just let us know in the comment section down below. I go by the name of Unknown. And I go by Eddie. And we got one thing to tell you. Pipe bomb. Pipe bomb.